0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Now for our story. This evening, Kip Mead had driven out to see her estranged husband, Bill. There was something she wanted to tell him, something very important. And there was something she wanted to ask of him, too. As she walked up to the little bungalow Bill occupied at the Wakefield Auto Court, she'd looked through the window had seen Bill working at his typewriter. Somehow the sight of him working there alone, trying desperately, as Kit knew, to keep himself from thinking of their broken marriage, of the baby boy toward whom he felt such a responsibility, believing the child to be his own, seeing him like that had given Kit a momentary feeling of sympathy toward him. And later, their conversation together had been more quiet and friendly than any they'd had since their separation. Kit was so different from her usual self that for Bill the evening had assumed a quality of unreality. And the illusion was completed. When Kit finally explained her reason for coming. When she said the words Bill had never expected to hear her say.
0: You can forget all about me, Bill. Just cross off these months we spent together to experience. Pretend it never happened. Start all over. Yes, you can hang out the banners and chill the champagne. You've got something to celebrate. Kiss. Oh, I know, Bill, I sound rather hysterical, but I'm not, really. I'm simply trying to tell you that I'm going to get a divorce. You'll be free. Well, aren't you going to throw your hat in the air give out with loud cries of joy? What's the matter?
2: Well, frankly, Kit, I... I don't quite believe it.
0: You mean it's too good to be true? Never mind. When you have the final papers in your hand, you'll know. So, cheer up. You know, you're letting me down, Bill. I thought you'd be so pleased.
2: Pleased, Kit? No, that's not the word.
0: Well, I certainly didn't expect you to be so glum about it. Ye you gods! You've been begging for a divorce ever since I came back from California. All the fuss you made, refusing to spend even one night under Dad's roof, and so on. Now you look as if you've just had bad news. Well, that's not it. Well, maybe I've been wrong then. Maybe you've begun to like this arrangement, having your freedom to do what you please, and yet still legally tied, so you're protected in a way from getting entangled again. I've known men like that, but I never thought you'd be one of them.
2: Oh, don't talk like that, Kit. You ought to know I'm not that sort of a guy. Oh, it's just that I've become rather skeptical, I guess.
0: Well, surely you don't think I came out here tonight just to put on an act.
2: I don't know. I admit, I've never been able to figure you out. You're so changeable.
0: Perhaps I've seemed to be, Bill. But you can believe me now. This is one time I have no intention of changing my mind.
2: Well, naturally, if you really mean it, I'm pleased to have the thing settled. Although, as I said, pleased isn't quite the word.
0: Well, how about ecstatic? Will that do?
2: No, Kit. Now, maybe you feel lighthearted about this thing, but I don't.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I feel so lighthearted I could scream. I
2: guess it's a hangover from my adolescence when I used to think of marriage so idealistically. But divorce has always meant failure to me. A failure which might have been avoided.
0: Well, I must say you're choosing a strange time to get sentimental over the institution of marriage, Bill. After months of clamoring for a divorce... Oh, I've
2: always felt this way, Kit. And even though I realize in our case it's the only way out, that doesn't make me feel any better about it. But I still don't understand what made you change your mind.
0: Maybe I felt sorry for you. You've been so depressed lately. Maybe I couldn't stand to see you suffering.
2: Oh, don't joke, Kit. You've never really loved me, even in the beginning. You're certainly not overly fond of me now. No, there must
0: be some other reason... Look, Bill, it's just possible that your ideas of love and mine are somewhat different. I may not have loved you according to your definition, but for a while I did love you in my own way. However, that was finished a long time ago.
2: Yeah, I know it was. That's what I can't figure out. What made you hang on so long afterwards? Why did you go out of your way to make things tough for me?
0: You'd never understand if I told you. Not in a million years. Anyway, what difference does it make? The fact is, I'm going to give you a divorce. Why worry about my reasons?
2: Oh, but your reasons are important. Besides, what about your father? He certainly can't have changed his mind. The last time I talked to him, he was dead set on giving me to work.
0: Now, don't you bother your pretty little head about Dad. I can handle it.
2: Perhaps. Well, when do you plan to put the thing through?
0: Immediately. Dad has an attorney coming down from Chicago next week. I'm going to talk to him then. I see. Well, dear, what are you going to do when you're a free man? Oh, no, no, don't answer that. I know. You're going to rush right out to the lane farm and carry Peggy away on a white horse. And don't tell me she's engaged to Nicholas Dorn, because I happen to know Nicholas is all fired with chivalry, determined to sacrifice himself to the cause of true love.
2: Aren't you forgetting something?
0: On the contrary. I'm remembering everything.
2: Yes, but you're remembering the way Peggy and I were in the past, Kit. Things change.
0: Oh, not you and Peggy. You are the original Dante and Beatrice, Romeo and Juliet, Napoleon and Josephine. Oh, please, Kit. What's the matter? Do I offend your tender sensibility?
2: Well, I wish you wouldn't make a joke of everything. In the first place, it isn't fair to Peggy, your assumption that the minute I'm free, she's going to drop everything and start over from the beginning.
0: All right. I'll be serious. And I'm really curious. I suppose you do plan to marry again. Or have I embittered you completely?
2: Oh, I'm not thinking of another marriage at this point. Why? Oh, you should know why, Kit. A man with a child, a baby. A
0: man with a... Oh, look, Bill. The baby has nothing to do with you. Nothing at all.
2: Well, surely you didn't think I'd forgotten about my son, Kit. If you did, you're all wrong. Naturally, I'm glad you've decided not to make a fuss about the divorce, but I still intend to get the baby if I can. That's impossible. Or well, maybe it looks that way, but I'm going to take it to court just the same. Or win out somehow.
0: But you've no grounds, Bill. You'll only go to a lot of trouble for nothing. Everyone says you haven't the faintest hope of winning. Well, I'm
2: going to do the best I can. I, I'd never forgive myself if I didn't even try. Kit, why don't you give in? You've told me over and over you didn't want the baby. You wished you'd never had him. I
0: suppose I did say that. What of it? I think every woman has felt that way one time or another. It's, it's all very well for you to be sentimental about the baby. You've never had the responsibility of him, the worry, the strain. Well, if
2: you feel like that, I don't understand why you insist on keeping him. What is it, Kit? Are you afraid people would talk about you?
0: What do you mean, talk about me?
2: Well, I mean, is it some sort of pride that you'd rather keep the baby, even if you don't really love him, than give people an opportunity to gossip, say you're not a good mother?
0: Have you ever known me to give a hang about what this town thinks of me, Bill? You, of all people, should know they don't bother me, their little small-town minds.
2: I don't believe you, kid. I think it matters a lot to you what Wakefield thinks. And I know it's important to your father, his selfish pride. And that's so trivial when you compare it realize how much more important the child is.
0: You talk as if the child weren't getting the best possible care, as if we neglected I
2: him. I think you do neglect him. He needs affection, love. Can you honestly say you give it to him?
0: <laughs> Bill, believe me, the child will be all right, I promise. But
2: he won't be, not the way you're handling things now.
0: All right, all right, I'll change then. Really, I will. I'll do anything, anything if you'll promise not to take the case into court. Please, Bill. But,
2: kid, I couldn't trust you. You've broken promises before. Besides, I'm not sure you're capable of changing, of bringing that baby up as he should do.
0: But I am. Just let me prove it to you.
2: I don't understand you. Why does it matter so much? I've never seen you like this.
0: Never mind why I feel this way, but I'm asking you. I'm begging you. Please don't drag me through a court trial, a, a custody suit for that baby. I, I just can't face it, that's all.
2: If I only knew what your reasoning is.
0: Oh, what difference does it make? If I promise to take good care of the child, I, I'll smother him with affection. I'll, I'll do anything you say. Yet
2: I wish I believed you, but I don't. And my son's all that matters, nothing else.
0: Bill, all the time I've known you, I've never thrown myself at your mercy, never asked you to do me a favor, but I am now, for the sake of the feeling you once had for me, whatever it was, for the moments we've shared together, and there were good ones, Bill, please, do this one thing for me. I'll never ask you for anything again. Please, Bill, let me keep the baby.
1: Bill Mead was puzzled. He'd never seen Kit so desperately concerned about anything before. But if you only knew it, Kit, the promise you're attempting to force from Bill might not protect you after all. For a change of events has been started, which began when Randy Lane rescued Lisa Fanner from the icy river and brought her to his mother's house, to Aunt Mary's. A chain of events which might mean that, in the end, Kit, neither you nor Bill will have the child.